Welcome back to the high seas, the packed chest of booty, the rolling waves, the salty sea air, and the magic and mystery of dead men roll no crits. Uh, this be your magical mystery bus driver here, aka Patrick, captain of this pod. And joining me are my four friends and players. You know them, you love them, you want some more of them. I'm talking Jabert, Rebecca, Seth, and Tyler. Hey, hey! Guys, we have done it. Uh, perhaps officially finished book one of Skull and Shackles Adventure yeah. Path. The Wormwood Mutiny. Um, and some believed we wouldn't make it. Me. I did that was me. <laughs> some of yeah, some of them I mean, were included, me. all of us. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, because of some changes that were were I mean, there's not too many for those of you listening and uh here on the Patreon who have played this before, I don't think much was left out, but it seemed to go a lot faster than when I played it in first edition with my friends around a table. I felt like book one took an especially long time. And I don't think I added in too much stuff when we played then. It was just a lot of, <laughs> a lot of everything's weeks. Everything's so deadly. Well, there were, yeah, there was, there was a lot of, um, uh, sort of uh, the minutia of like how to pilot a ship and how to like do the rigging and getting this right, getting that right. Yeah. You know. Oh, one one thing I skipped was just a um, a practice day of like um, throwing hooks and like taking another ship and stuff like that. Um, um, oh. Which I just did, like when you guys were taking on the man's promise. Um, there, there are small things like that, but for the most part, um, yeah, twenty-one episodes to get through through that full book. Even though this week's episode maybe is like a little bit of a, a coda, a little ending piece on book one. Uh, but one thing that did happen in the first edition version of Skull and Shackles. And um, continuing it through here to the second edition conversion is uh, at this point, you guys leveled up to level four. Wee! Um, sure, everyone very excited about that. I need more hit points, man. Yeah, everyone's dying for them HP. Uh, we don't have to talk about um, level ups for, for too long, but I thought, uh, just like on Cosmic Crit, at the beginning of... Uh, each episode when you guys level up go over the process a little bit maybe highlight one or two things that each of you get um does anybody want to start uh yeah i'll start, start. no oh, oh Jabert and seth at the same time uh, right, seth okay. was louder uh, though are, okay are you ready, Jabert? let's uh let's let's do it at the same time okay all right three all right, two one no all right so I'm, oh i thought you were actually gonna do it all right anyway <laughs> got faked out actually Jumated. come to think of it i'm editing so yeah, let's keep it simple. <laughs> okay, you're both at the same time. You got it. Here we go. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Uh, so uh, monk level four, kind of a boring level. Uh, some numbers go up. I get a couple feats. Uh, mm -hmm. I chose one feat uh, to uh, enhance my stance. Uh, I now have the cobra stance, Ooh. Uh, which cobras enables... <laughs> wolves, which has a smaller die. Uh, for damage, it does 1d4, which you might be wondering why I would go with that. The reason why is because it is 100% poison damage. 
Mm. Uh, so yeah. it can bypass anything that has like physical resistance as long as it doesn't also resist poison or isn't immune to poison. Huh. Interesting. Um, but uh, it does also have a really interesting feature uh, in that it has a deadly D4. <laughs> Which, oh. if I understand correctly, it, means yes. if it crits, the, the damage die turned from a 1d4 to a 1d10, and then I add another one <laughs> after I roll my critical damage. So cool. that's kind of creep, creepy. Deadly d4 or deadly d10? Deadly d10. Right. Okay. I think I thought you said deadly d4. Oh, did I say deadly d4? Okay. Uh, I meant deadly d10. Cobra stance. Cobra yeah, stance. that is... Yeah, it gets a little more deadly when you get those crits, I guess. I guess I gotta um, keep hoping I get those crits. Yeah, none of that damage, though... Wait, does the damage work like poison damage? Does it, like, linger on? I don't know. It, it, it just says it is... The type is poison damage. Yeah, I think it's just poison typed. Damage. Yeah, I think it's yeah. just poison type. Right. Yeah, it, it's not DOT, no. No, it's just I hit and it does Interesting. poison. So it's like it's like it's like, you're, it's like you're striking like uh pressure points or weak points you know like you're you're not oh. focusing on just like slamming like stuff you're, you're destroying someone's gallbladder and releasing into yeah yeah <laughs> giving oh, them gross. real bad gas 1d4 gas damage oh man you crit someone like on the chest and it's like the five finger palm strike of death <laughs> they're not coming <laughs> back from that one tokyo Wotomare. um okay who wants to follow that up let's <laughs> like a nothing level you got poison strikes <laughs> i could have taken that whatever uh I, i'll go next um i get an extra level three spell per day which is fun right. um and uh get uh get a class feat um i wasn't super enthusiastic about all the choices there but but i haven't i have picked up a meta magic feat which i'm excited about looking mm-hmm. forward to reaching out and touching people at range uh, with my reach spell feet. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. spell! Yeah, it's a uh, it's reach one a- spell. Come yeah, on. Yeah, it's one action. Broken. Uh, and I can uh, increase the range of my spell by thirty feet. So if I have a touch spell that I want to get off, I can sort of uh, reach out and touch somebody with a shocking grasp or something like that. Paizo, please nerf. Um, I can't believe <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Be even this, further away from the this, action and This just spells. turned into a big old baby game. Jabrit's uh, about you, to... You, you, guys are, you guys are just trying to make me feel better. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'll take it every day. Reach spell. So does that is that like double ranges or... No, no. It's a, just plus, plus 30 feet. And so, oh, wow. Um, yeah, but that could be so, a good good amount depending on the spell. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, so one of the benefits is that it lets you do uh, touch spells at range. So, um, mm. um, if I, uh, you know, or you know, you know, let's say somebody was out of range for me to heal them, you know, I could, you know, spend an extra action to get a little bit further. Now, indeed, uh, but yeah, your base I can walk about. I can walk arc. about thirty feet as well. So, <laughs> so yeah. it's a little bit less exciting, but. Well, oh, now I you mean, can walk like you, 30 feet away and hit someone with an electric arc at 60 feet. So the way metamagic feats work in this, in this version is they take one action to set up. And so, um, oh. so, yeah, so, so if you have a two action spell, you spend a third action on boosting them. Feet. Yeah. Oh, so, that makes, that actually makes a good deal of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But I mean, being able to cast at range means that you don't have to walk through several attacks of opportunity to deliver a healing sure. spell. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't have to do that anyway. Um, just because the the two the two action version mm-hmm. is a ranged version, and so. But anyway, yeah. So. But now with three actions, it's a double range. Uh, okay. Interesting. We've got uh, our our mystical or magical characters out of the way. What about? Pirate and a rogue. What we got? Yeah, I can go. Um, so my rogue feat that I chose was tumble behind. So this allows me to, if I successfully tumble through, uh, then they are flat-footed against me until, uh, yeah, for the next attack. Oh, so that's cool. You don't even need someone flanking with you. You just it's like b- a little bit better their... than just tumble through. Um, and then additionally, I picked up Quiet Allies, which will um, hopefully benefit all of us um, because we have failed multiple times at trying to sneak around as a group. So hopefully this will help us in the future. Um, but that means that uh, when we are avoiding notice or um, follow the expert, uh, you and those allies can roll a single stealth check using the lowest modifier instead of rolling separately. So hopefully it'll uh, help us not, you know, completely bork each other's stealth rolls wow okay <laughs> yeah no it, it, you're making someone else into a a, uh, a rogue for a turn for a roll interesting tyler cassius last but not least what you get in this level this level i get what is going to probably be <laughs> this changes the entire campaign oh no for the rest of the campaign, if Rebecca's character is about to get so broken, because one and and so last level up or two level ups ago, I can't remember. I took something called Flying Blade, which allows me to use my precise strike and my finishers with thrown weapons. So that's why I like to use the throwing knives because I can use them to use my finishers and use do precise strikes at twenty feet. Well, I get a new finisher this level. And I can use my flying blades to enact this finisher. And what this finisher does is if I hit, it makes the target flat-footed until the end of my turn. Oh, which means that if Rebecca then Rebecca's character goes up to that character and they're denied their dex bonus, she gets sneak attack damage on them. So the Wait, new wombo to the end of your turn or to the end of your next turn? Next turn. Okay, you didn't say that part. I'm, I'm a lot oh, more excited. Oh, oh. Now. Same. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. So the target is flat footed until the end of my next turn. Okay, that so, makes more sense. So I am going to be able to just throw blades at people, and then Rebecca could just confidently walk up to them and absolutely tear them in half. So. I like it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm gonna buy so many throwing knives. Um, I do need to figure out a way to get a um, like striking rune in a throwing knife. I'm not sure how I'm gonna do that, but I'll figure it out. But I'm very excited for that. Uh, it makes Cassius a little bit more support oriented, which I like because if there's one thing that I've learned is that. He cannot stand in front of a bad guy for too long, just mono e mono. I think he has to be more hit and run, 
more pirate like in his fighting style. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to make him a bit of a disruptor, maybe. So not a, the the party tank like I thought you were. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then uh, just some other feat called pickpocket. I'm sure it'll never come up. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not gonna make the GM roll a ton of secret rolls for me at some point. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, Tyler. With how much you were building up, how big of a deal this level was, I thought you were actually just gonna say like, "I got ten more hit points," and like that, just leave it at that. But. To be honest, that would be a big deal to me. Wouldn't it be campaign changing, like I think this finisher is gonna be. I mean, when when I look at some of the other finishers down the swashbuckler level, there's some good ones, but this one with a rogue in the party just mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard not to choose this when yeah, it's uh, pretty well, solid i mean honestly making someone flat-footed is pretty huge in second edition um at almost all levels because that um that minus two to the ac is a lot you know that there's not the these wide swings of um of armor classes um at least it's it's pretty progressive for a lot of the the monsters that I've seen so far. So knocking two off of someone is is pretty important and will become even more important once you start hitting those crits on lo- numbers lower than twenty. Yeah, I mean this will be nice, obviously, because it means you know being flat footed means that Honto is more likely to hit both uh, strikes on Fury of Blows. Uh, you know, it means that Jabert's spells that require reflex saves are more likely to go off at full damage um and it's just nice because obviously i'm you know cassius is able to faint and just about make anybody flat-footed to his own attacks this expands that um out to be a little bit more helpful to the party so awesome okay well that is level four for you guys um this week's adventure as we get back into it uh, where we last left off is just after you guys have wrested control of the man's promise uh, we see Mr. Plug Master Scourge dead being stripped of their gear uh, by you all and, and the rest of the the pirate crew here a very happy Jack Scrimshaw strutting around in Plug's fine leather boots he just takes everyone's shoes when they die. is <laughs> his thing. And um, it's good to have a hobby, you know? Yeah. Keep busy on the pirate ship. Huh. Uh, who else died? Oh, uh, Phipps Chumlet, of course, as well. Um, I think people are seeing maybe to a unconscious but still alive owlbear heart shorn. The crew that secretly perhaps not so secret to some of you uh hated you guys's guts your your itchy toe gregs and the like now seem to be kowtowing to you just as they did plug as honto itchy toe greg's gonna come up to you and says oh way to be best in the captain mr honto sirs <laughs> oh we knew wherefore you'd set your claws against the man he'd not stand a chance sirs Oh, it's, it's, it's why Fort and the boys didn't interfere, likes, knowing you'd uh, best them without our support. The next time we reach port, either you or I are off of the ship. Oh, okay, but alive, right? <laughs> that depends. Oh, fun times. 
uh, Sandara calls out amongst the, the crew and, and says, uh, men, we, we will be setting sail soon, so make, make ready to raise the, the main masts and set course through the corals and, and get those water barrels aboard. Uh, she calls all of you and um, also Ambrose Croup uh, and and says, you know, meet her in the, the captain's quarters. Um, and she'll she'll see to your wounds there, where inside the the, the stately Ramaduman quarters uh, that once belonged to the captain of the man's promise, you see uh, a large chart table with nautical maps and navigational devices laid out there. Uh, Sindara will bring in some stools and extra chairs and uh, indeed invite Amber's crew to, to sit down and uh, uh, have a meeting with, with all of you now that you are out of combat and have taken, taken control of the ship. And um, I can actually reveal this part on the map. It's on a deck like right above um, where, where we were doing the combat last week. Okay. You see what this uh, this room looks like up here? The the captain's quarters. It's right underneath the the main wheel well. Very fancy. I. There's like yeah, a so... dining room table in there and a bed. Yeah, there's there's already yeah like a um, table laid out. A uh, very large bed. Um, Any good stuff that uh, plug left here? Um, Plug didn't have too much. Uh, I think he kept most everything on him as far as his gear, uh, which you guys have, you know, stripped from him and, and Master Scourge, including their, their weapons. Um, the main thing was that that magical sword that, that he had, uh, Mr. Plug, which was indeed, um, is he indeed a relic of skull and shackles of of this ap um the name escapes me now that i don't have it right in front of me but um you've actually found a a number of fun things that are are magical items made specifically for the the adventure path um his sword is known as the tidewater cutlass and indeed is is a very perhaps um, something you've not seen with a magical weapon before. Usually when something is um, magically etched with runes and stuff, it keeps the blade like preternaturally sharp and clean. This one is the Tidewater Cutlass is, is rusty and a little bronzed over in, in, in places. And it has this, this guard that looks like a huge skull but yeah, you have seen, and we're pretty sure it came from the sword, him summoning uh, the spell uh, Hydraulic Push Ooh. Uh, from it. Once per day, indeed, you can use that. It kind of is stored in the, the hilt of, of this, this blade. Um, but anyway, that's... Uh, part of the the gear drop you got last week um 
as uh, as you guys come in and take a seat at the table, Sandara Quinn sits down and and says, uh, uh, we, we have a ship to run, and, and, and first things first, uh, we need to get the chain of command in order. Figure that despite your stories and, and reputation, uh, Cassius, you'd be the man for the job. And so I'd, I'd like to nominate you for captaining this here ship. Seconded. Anyone else? Back back us up on this call. Seconded. Thirded. <laughs> and does anybody else want to throw their their name in the the hat? This is an alien ritual to Honto, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. So with that, uh, Ambrose Group will like raise his hand as well and says, "All right, well, uh, Captain Cassius." <laughs> I was gonna second Ambrose Group as well. Oh <laughs> no, Ambrose does, does not care <laughs> for for being in command. Uh, we have a number of other fairly important positions to fill as well, Cassius. Uh, and I assume some of you'd be interested in some of them more than others. But, uh, Captain, it's up to you if, if you want to, to divvy these out or, or talk talk them amongst everyone. But we've got a, a first mate to, to fill position to help you out. Uh, a bosun to give out tasks to the crew. A quartermaster to take stock of our supplies and logistics. And it's, as much as ye all hated uh, Master Scourge, a master at arms, a disciplinarian to to keep the, the pirates from lollygagging is important. And uh, there's there's other positions like ship surgeon and things like that, but the those are the main ones. I'm sorry, it, could you could you post those in chat so I can see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So both Matt um Master Scourge was both the Master at Arms and the Bosun. Um, the Quartermaster was Cutthroat Grok um, of the, the previous ship. I like to I like to think that Candoso himself asked if he could have that in a chat document. Could you send that to me on Discord? <laughs> in character. <laughs> No, it'd be in a scroll oh. in in fancy calligraphy, right? Write yeah, this yeah, down yeah. in a scroll. Can you write put, these down for me? I, I'm <laughs> not going to remember it, five positions. Come on. Yeah, putting it in Discord is like you tell it to the bard, and the bard composes some like strange song for it. Uh, okay. Well, so here here are the positions. Does anybody feel strongly about one or the other? Is is Honto ready to jump into? Yeah. Uh, the position where he gets to hand out beatings to uh, to yeah. buy. I think Cassius would would speak up and say, "Of course, I'm open to discussing the positions, but if I had to make a call myself, I think the master at arms and boatswain would have to be Honto. And if Candosa would like to be the quartermaster, I would be grateful. You can trust me around all the booze, Captain." I believe that I can. In fact, Ambrose gives for, you a big wink. Like, yeah. what I'm hoping is that you drink more and means the crew drinks less. <laughs> and I suppose that we leave in the first mate position open. And well, Laris, I know you haven't been at the pirate business for too long, but considering your lineage, I think it'd be a fine position for you. But if, if, if any of you 
Don't feel like taking on those responsibilities or wish to be doing something else. I'm not press-ganging you into anything, so speak up and let your wishes be known. So first off, Hondo has no idea what Cassius just even recommended that he'd be doing at all. <laughs> um, so uh, you, you'd be Master Scourge, basically. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> so he doesn't quite understand that, but uh, I think um, before anything else, like a, a pretty visible look of consternation crosses his, his snout, and mm-hmm. he just kind of raises a finger and goes, "What are, what are we going to do?" There's a lot that needs to be done. The ship has repairs and things that need to be seen to it, still present from the battle. The name needs to be scrubbed and we have to rename her. And then our heading is for us to decide. And we're going to have to decide whether and how we want to deal with our old captain and the wormwood herself. I guess that's what I'm asking. You know I don't really belong here, Cassius. True, and I suppose that your future is in your own hands now. You've won your freedom. As much as I would certainly like to keep you aboard when we make port, you'll have a decision to make, mate. You can either stay on board and find a home and family here aboard the ship, and I will welcome you, or you can go your own separate way, and I'll be sad to see you go. He'll just kind of look at the others like he'll look between Alaris and Kandoso and Sandara. Why? Why would you remain on this ship? What What do you want? Why are you here? Sandara will, will speak up and, and say, uh, I owe the four of you a grant of, uh, of of servitude and, and, and gratitude that I shan't be able to pay off for, for some seasons yet. Both me and Badger saving us from the the grasps of those grindylows. Not something I'll be forgetting. And in that time, I'd, I'd like to set sail and, and see what these seas have to offer us. Seems to me the, the four of you taken back from Port Peril will... Perhaps the goddess of the sea had a, a reason for the four of you getting taken the same night as you were and showing up on board the Wormwood. Aye. As for me, I've got a score to settle with old Barnabas Harrigan. He looks at the others and says, I reckon you all do too. Well, that brings us to Plug's last words what I heard was correct. Unfortunately, it'd be a curse we'd not be able to remove. Uh, if we were aiming to, to turn this ship over and and uh, and not go back to crew the Wormwood, then we're painting a target on our backs, lest we squib the ship and, and get out of Barnabas Harrigan's greedy claws. Uh, a fish guts, you say you know, a, a port that can refit a, a vessel of this size? And Amber's croup will, will look up and say, oh, oh yeah, not too falls to the south waters of Mwangi coastline. A little operation called Rickety Squibs, <laughs> run by an older sailor 
goes by the name of Hake. He'll, he'll quote us fairs and true, but uh, I imagine it'll cost a, a pretty copper penny. I myself um, agree with this set of actions. It's best to be making our ship look pretty and renamed and refitted. But we are going to have to deal with Barnabas Harrigan one, one day or the next. And I would rather be doing it on my own terms than finding myself staring down his own weapons. Indeed. Thank you. In no shape to... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Hanto would look over at Alaris to see how she's reacting to all of this. I spent my entire life on the land. I don't intend to go back anytime soon. I've spent my entire life dreaming of being on the sea, hearing my uncle's stories, being a pirate. This is all I've ever wanted. Might as well try it out for a little longer. I'll go wherever you go, Captain. And it sounds like we're in agreement to rickety squibs and then to whatever adventures we might find and eventually to Captain Harrigan at the end of my spear. With our leftover plunder in the hold, uh, we may be able to bargain a good price with this rickety squibs. Um, might be able to get a hundred gold pieces or so for for the, the the man's promises hold, but um, that might not be enough. When the Grandilo took me uh, off the man's promise, uh, I espied something off the southern coast of, of this here island. It, it was all underwaters, but they were pristine and clear, and in the morning light had just started to, to illuminate the, the coral reef. And it was timbers of a, a large vessel that looked like it had ran afoul of the coral there. And from what you all gathered of the ghouls here on, on Bone Rack Island, they 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 came aboard here a chelish vessel. Does, does anyone know what kind of cargo it carried? The ship, the Infernus. I was going to offer that the name of the ship was the Infernus, but that's all I had. <laughs> we do yeah. know that they carried a, a fancy wedding dress and a few barrels of wine. They had some perfume. That smelled like oh right, so it smelled like a rusty axe of some sort. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't drink that, Cassius. It's not good for you. No, don't even Forget smell it. it. <laughs> yes, drink the Sorry, it, it smells. <laughs> the perfume was so bad. I thought it was just bad wine. <laughs> I forget myself. Smells like college and regret. Uh, <laughs> <indeed>. <laughs> this this ship, the Infernus, Candoso, uh, you you were aboard at a young age, held hostage by the the Chelish Navy as they mm. went through the outskirts of the Eye of Abendago. And while you don't know perhaps too much of Cheliacs, you know that it doesn't send its ships after things that are of low value. Typically they're looking for things to enrich and right. pay for the, the massive Navy that Cheliacs uh, employs. Right. Yeah. They're, they're sort of a, they're sort of a colonial force They're They're in it for the big bucks here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So who knows what they actually have on the board, but it's probably not like cheese. Yeah. Yeah. And Sandara says, you know, gold doubloons. If, if, and it still holds its booty, then it might be worth uh, checking out before we leave. Mm, are, are you all to hold my booty? <laughs> are you all savvy? 
for making uh, a, a quick trip on the other side of the island. Uh, I need a little healing, but yes. Boop, boop, boop. I believe this to be a good idea. We'll scavenge what we can, then make our way for repairs. Yeah, she can heal you guys up here. Um, and uh, you can spend some hours as well um, resting so we can fast forward you to full health including what you get for level four. Um, I'm going to also refocus for 10 minutes of that, just <laughs> just for bookkeeping purposes. Yeah, and, you know... Is it okay if Cassius takes the title cutlass? It's, I, is it a... I assume it's... Like it's a marshal, probably? Yeah, I, I assume it's a... Probably a D8 marshal like a short sword kind of d6 yeah it's a um i I don't believe there's like a cutlass in (laughs) second edition so it's a um a a, a short sword okay no hanta wants it (laughs) (laughs) you got your spear (laughs) no it's fine and and so this is a this has does this have this has a striking and a uh proficiency rune right Correct, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. It is indeed a magically potent weapon. And in addition to that, like I said, it is a um, a minor relic because it has that, that magical spell stored in it uh, once per day. So it's kind of like a, a wand of hydraulic push as well. Uh, you might need to figure out some um, what your spell um, strike will be. Uh, I don't know if that's something you can set up in your your character sheet, but uh, I believe hydraulic push uh, uses a an attack. So you're like making an attack versus someone. I believe. Gotcha. I will figure that out. Yeah, I don't think that's one that uh, has a DC, but yeah, you can push someone back and D that's what uh, he tried to do to you in the, the previous fight just push you off the ship um right so it is just a few hours later after you've gotten all the, the water barrels situated perhaps Rosie Cuswell and the rest of her crew have brought back some uh, some crabs and uh, maybe a, a few of those wild boar that have been Floating around Bone Rack Isle. Giant frog or two here or there as well. And uh, stocking up the ship as it continues on and goes around the horn of Bone Rack Isle to the southern side. Now that you guys have got your like full... Um, a fuller picture of the island having walked it over and now sailing around it. Uh, I should probably just like drop the map in here for you. I, think I always I... really enjoy seeing the maps they make. So, but both for practical reasons, because it sort of helps me like orient myself to the space, but also because I mean, this, they put a lot of, they put a lot of work into these maps and they're, they're really pretty. Yeah, this one is 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 quite big. Um, and uh, one of the things that, uh, well, you can reveal it piece by piece as you're going through the adventure path. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it has on it, uh, if you look in the south western kind of side, it's got uh, even drawn on there um, where the, the wreck of the Infernus oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Wait, is it underwater? It is indeed. And as you, as the band's promise gets up to it, it looks like it's about 20 feet down um, from the, the surface. Uh, let's see I can swim that in an action. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's leaning on a bed of coral just off the shore, and it is uh, crystal clear water here, and um, at low tide, not very. Um, the The waves are are barely cresting here in this this side of the island. Um, well, I I think uh, as we're getting ready, I'll uh, go ahead and cast water breathing on people. Oh, you and your magic spells all over the place. <laughs> Taking a look down the water, Candoso sees a, a, a familiar sight, uh, badly damaged, but the, the figurehead, the, the masthead, is a huge gargoyle um, in, like, gothic chiliac style. Mm. Um, and you can see the nameplate, uh, maybe covered with some, some seaweed and, and barnacles, uh, just underneath that... Um, yeah, the old those are, demon boat. Those of you who have you know been around uh, ships here uh, can tell that this is a, a shellish vessel. They're they're very sleek designs, very sleek uh, hull identification. Um, and what else? What else can you see from the surface? Uh, that's about it. Is, is everyone jumping in? Is there anyone you want to pull in with you? You guys are the, the captain and first mate of of this ship. I mean, you could technically order other people to get in there <laughs> and do your dirty work. Ichito, come here. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Dive down there and see if there be any sharks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's point back to me. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll include Ichito Greg in the water breathing. So. Oh no, oh no, I don't like that one bit. Here we go. <laughs> I, I thought I thought he wasn't going to be included. Like <laughs> he watches as as Kendosa gives us all water breathing, let, and then they, uh, but then Cash just points at him and goes, "Now you go." Yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> Let's take him. Let's. Uh, Cassius would leave Sandara in charge while mm-hmm. they were off ship. And then why don't the four of us and Ichito all go? But exclude Ichito from the water breathing. <laughs> Doggy paddling on the, the water. Yeah. Did, did we determine he had a peg leg? Is that canon? I can't remember. Who's I don't got, know. I, th- I think we uh, did discuss that, and that's His why he has is an itchy, itchy toe. Because it's a oh, phantom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a phantom sketch thing. Yeah, so well, yeah, so he can come with. Uh, but and then the four of you. Yeah, yeah, and then the four of us, and he's he's just there more as a a pack pony. We won't expect him to. I'll I'll tell him if there's any if there's any danger. He is captain's permission to swim for his life <laughs> aye aye captain he's floundering water I love this guy I'm going to take him to the end of the AP if I can 
I don't think this is the strategy that will enable you to do that. <laughs> yeah, put him in the water. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I want him to earn it. You know, I don't want him to be like, oh, we kept him on the boat and we protected him. No, he's going to level your, He's, he's going to level up. Your cabin boy. <laughs> yeah. Scrimshaw exactly. Jack will just be like so cross if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Scrimshaw Jack is the cabin boy, but this is like my gopher. He's he's my coffee guy. This is the guy. <laughs> Itchy toe. Itchy toe has other per uh you know, another endearing use for me. I just imagine he's like the the most stereotypical and craven pirate on the entire ship yeah. now. <laughs> just like <laughs> uh great. Uh make make me a perception check while you guys are are floating down to to the wreck of the infernus maybe maybe click on your token and use the oh, oh there no. it is too, too late there it is it's it's, oh, well. it's there it's all it's already there i don't know what you're talking about and even with to, uh... two high dex characters i can never roll well on initiative this happens in cosmic crit too <laughs> sorry Hey, Hanto's usually last, and I mean, I mean, of 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 the four of us, he's second to last. Whoa, whoa! Although whoa. I guess perception would be wisdom based. Is that right? Look at Candoso. <laughs> I know what's up with that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, this is wisdom based. You would be able to. Um, I think uh, there's like a between action like an out-of-combat mode of traversal <laughs> you can choose that would allow you to use something else. Yeah. I mean, if you guys uh, uh, want to take some time here and and use uh, athletics for swimming, you know, I could be convinced otherwise. I, I know we did our last main combat underwater with a... I think we started out with a swim check. Not that there's going to be a combat right now, but um, you guys float down about 20 feet or so, and you see... Uh, hanging sideways attached to the the main mast of the Infernus is a huge rusty cage looks large enough to, to hold three medium creatures um, still locked but you see its iron bars have been pried apart by force and looks like whatever was here is gone that's ominous. Yeah, that's not a very useful shark cage, I feel like. <laughs> oh, no. This would have been, you know, above uh, water, of course, as it, it was on the main deck and when the ship was up. even less useful shark cage. I think Candoso, perhaps, in your memory, recall that there were indeed humanoid figures in this cage when <gasps> the ship was sailing around the ocean. Indeed. I didn't even put that shark cage in the water. No, the the Cheliacs keep with them ghouls in in cages on board their ships, uh, perhaps as a deterrent or as siege warfare <laughs> sent to another enemy ship. Um, that just seems unsafe. Yeah. Hold on, and we ran into what three ghouls on the island? So is this where they came from? Potentially. Perhaps. Perhaps they, by they, yeah, were they infected by this? But certainly that is the the source of ghouls on Bone Rack Isle. Huh. 
Hold on, I, what I purpose do the ghouls a... serve? Why why carry ghouls around? I think it's like a well, you should probably know a little bit about Cheliacs. They're uh they're like having packs with demons and stuff. Their their aristocracy is all in bed with the dark arts and things like that. So having a, a ghoulish display like this on on board their ships is both a you know uh, perhaps warning to its sailors uh, as well as to other ships that try to to attack it. They would even. Um, uh, send their their own into ghoul hands and have them infect enemy ships and things like that. Wow. Yeah, basically Cheliax is like Halloween Town, but a lot less cool. <laughs> and I don't want to go. Not cool. Yeah. And a lot less nice. It sounds like Halloween Town sounds lovely. Yeah, Jack Skellington seems like a nice person. I don't think the Queen of uh, Cheliax is a is a is a decent <laughs> type of folk you want to. <laughs> I yeah. all, all I can every time I watch that movie, all I want is for him to go through the the shamrock door instead of the, the <laughs> Christmas door. Yeah. A bunch of drunk leprechauns. Dude, like, this say, is the worst town. I would totally knock him back with Jack. He sounds. He seems like he's a lot of fun to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it seems like he'd be a lot more chill if he if he maybe had gone to St. Patrick's Day town. <laughs> um. So yeah, we are we are technically in turn order um Candoso uh what do you want to do um are we at the ship right now no currently maybe about 15 feet away so take a, a move action to get to like the deck which is kind of at like a an odd angle resting in the water and and I don't see anything at this point um, nope, no no movement or anything like that. There's a bunch of like holes in the sides of the ship, perhaps where it's been banged up and rotted away. And inside is is darkness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm struggling between holding or metagaming and holding my turn. And um, I, 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 I guess if there's nothing that's alarming or suspicious or anything. I don't know. Let's say somebody rolled a perception of 29. Would they see something that is alarming? If not, I guess I'll move into the... move to the ship. You foolish fool. How dare you not metagame at my table? <laughs> I knew it! Ha <laughs> ha! Oh no, this thing has a a special ambush trigger in second edition. What thing? Very, very good question. Thank you, Seth. Let me go to the GM info overlay and bring this to our level. It's a booger. It's a snake. It's a oh, big that's snake. That, yeah. Uh, uh, yes. When a target creature passes within 20 feet of this creature hiding, indeed, it was hiding beneath the deck, um, it is going to lunge out from its, its hiding place. Uh, swimming directly towards the triggering creature makes a a jaw strike against it a melee jaw strike and that's gonna that's gonna start this combat off why did it have to be underwater snakes 
five on the dice, but I think that is still a hit on Candoso. Is it not just an eel? Like, That's yeah, what I was going to ask. Yeah, AC is 17 down here. That is a hit. And lots of damage coming your way. 18 points of damage. Plus, uh, you are grabbed in its jaws. It's mighty jaws. All right. All right, all right. Yeah, this is this is some baloney. Yeah, some big baloney. baloney. <laughs> uh, I oh, will... no, it's a bit baloney that I rolled that I that I rolled super good on perception, and then and then I the, 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 what I'm forced to do then is to walk into <laughs> the. I'm forced because because I did good on perception. I'm forced to get eaten by a snake. Eat butt, Patrick. Eat butt. <laughs> hey, hey, that's what we call the blue shell in Mario Kart. I guess so. Well, oh, enjoy ahead. second place, everybody. <laughs> Go ahead, and uh, you have two more actions, sir. Uh, I guess I don't have two actions now. Uh, I'm just a podcaster. Uh, I guess I have an action I could use to try to get away. Uh, mm-hmm. Athletics, try to get away. I mean, you can, you can zap it. No, I can't zap it, because you can't cast spells when you're grabbed. So, yeah. Hey, does an 18 get me away from this thing? 18 against its... What? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, you're just making a... Um, uh, I'm just trying to escape. escape. Just trying to escape. Yeah. Athletics to escape, right? Uh, yes. Double check. Yield. Like, we need to have just, like, the gravel rules, like, hanging on the wall by our recording stations, probably. <laughs> well, I've got the handy dandy. Um, yeah, I think it's Fortitude DC or something. So can you not cast spells because... Because I'm restrained. Or because I'm, I don't I mean, I'm uh, grabbed. Grabbing prevents you from casting. Well, it says if, if you attempt to if you attempt to manipulate action while grabbing, you have to do a flat check. I'm just looking under the ground condition. I don't see anything that specifically says you can't cast. Maybe that's restrained just is like uh, restrained is no cast town. Grappled is difficult cast town. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, then let me let me then, okay, yeah. Then I'll I'll just I'll cast a spell then. Um, I'll I'll try to do that. Okay, there you go. I'll yeah. cast that. Um, yeah, I've been, then I'll, I'll indeed uh, try to blast, I'll try to zap it with my electric arc. A reflex save. That doesn't seem smart to use underwater. I mean, you'd think, you'd think, but really it's fire that you're not allowed to use down here. I don't make the rules, I just follow them. Okay, it has, uh, what's the DC? The DC is 20. It has quickly succeeded save because I rolled a 16 on the dice. Wait. Yes. I Oh, I just... Nope. I just succeeded. Did not critically succeed. I okay. Uh-huh. I rolled a 29. Alright. Uh, so that's four points of electricity. Okay. Now, if this was an electric eel, maybe that wouldn't do anything, but 
unfortunately. <laughs> well, thank goodness for that. Unfortunately, it's that you didn't roll against it. Four. <laughs> because because you did half my hit points of damage, Patrick. Half my <laughs> hit points of damage, you jerk. Where, where's your, your rage spell feed? Oh. Eat my <laughs> Patrick. I hate you. <laughs> 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 oh, welcome, to, welcome to Dead Men Roll No Crits After Dark, listeners. <laughs> you, Patrick. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> don't let the kids listen to this one. Okay, new captain's rule: the spellcaster's not allowed to go first, even if he rolls first in initiative. I'm gonna hold my turn from now on. I'm not new, going for new captain's orders. Cassius is in the back writing down new orders. No spellcasters ever going first again. I just passed out. I laughed so hard. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh. Is uh, that staying in? Uh, we'll we'll, we'll uh, try to get you a, a bleep sound effect. Um, can't so that's your turn, Cassius. We're on to you. <laughs> Cassius looks at Ichito Craig and just goes, swim away! Oh, uh, God. I got this Better not swim away. Swim away, Cassius. Better not swim away. You can't hold a grudge when you're dead. Ha-ha! <laughs> oh, no. Cassius will not abandon his, his brand new quartermaster. He's got to at least have a few drinks. Fortunately, I am so slow underwater. But don't you have a ring of swimming? Yeah, but I mean, even if you pass a swim check, it's still half your speed. It's, which my speed is butt. It's, it's half of butt, which is one cheek. You one can't cheek do speed. Speed. One one cheek. speed. It's only one cheek. Uh, the speed's 25 feet, so I can only swim 10. Um, so if I use. I'm gonna have to use both two move actions. I'm gonna do three move actions. One to pull out a weapon, and the other two to just get anywhere near this thing in the hopes that it goes after me and not burn. But I can't throw anything. Unless, oh, wait, that's probably bad. I was gonna say I could try to use hydraulic push. But that would just knock it back five or ten feet. Uh, I will say uh, it has been used today, technically. Oh, that's right. So that's not, right. I, I don't think that resets, unfortunately, with the new. You're right. Owner You're right. Of okay. I'll just pull out. I'll just pull out the weapon, swim all the way up uh, to the snake, and that'll be my whole. My whole God, I gotta buy some swing. Okay. Um, uh, let's move on to uh, Honto next in the turn order. Indeed, uh, I believe what I will have him do is swim here. Oh, you swim behind this large creature. Does it have any attacks of opportunity waiting for me? Only reaction attack is indeed when it is in hiding. Cool. So I have some news for it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and enter Wolf Stance. Mm -hmm. And then Florida Flows. Does that sound like an idea? Like Flurry. 
You don't I mean, want to spend. It's something the, I've done a couple times. I know. Don't want to spend an action identifying what kind of snack this is. No, I was just gonna hit it. I hit snack. Okay. Uh, first attack is a twenty-two. That is a hit. All right. That is. Well, let's calculate the damage if the second one hits. Oh, twenty-four. Okay, so that is a total of twenty-six piercing damage coming towards the snake. Look at that. I will say, that is two hits. But some of that damage is getting resisted. That's one hit, Patrick, because it was flurry of blows. Oh right, so it the it is applied at the same time, correct? Uh, yes. So it is twenty six damage and twenty six piercing. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's important because it gets applied the one time, but still, that's that's yeah. a lot of damage, folks. It's a good turn. That's a solid yeah. turn. That's All enough right. damage where I think it. we're getting rid of uh, the grapple on Kendoso. Snick is just going to turn right around to That's a Honto. That's all I was hoping for. And uh, yeah, was, uh, a significant uh, whole integer uh, uh, decimal or uh, fraction of its hit points. So it is going to turn around free <laughs> and just start biting. Well, wait, what about Alaris? Oh, are you next in the turn order? I am indeed. Snick time. All right, oh. first first roll is a 17 on the dice. What is your armor class on time? 21. So I would need a 31 to crit, is what you're saying. Yeah, did you get it? That's a critical hit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this this edition is it's forever. So bad, dude. He's. Oh. I mean, we've gone what three episodes in a row where he's crit once an episode. It's unheard of. More than that, he's crit. Literally crits like two or three times an episode. This is what I was talking about. We talked about this like like in the beginning of the show. It is so much more deadly. This is why combat goes so fast. Because it's just like you're either dead or you killed the thing. Just so fast. Uh, that is 31 points of damage. What? Okay. What? I, I, I take it back. Swim away, everybody. Kevin's orders. Run away. You've come into whatever this creature's home is. It, it is taken up residence on the Infernus. Now you are providing it with a meal. Uh, okay. And it has another special ability, this creature, for two actions as you see as it's grappling onto you. It's like got a second set of jaws like further back in its skull that kind of unhinge and start wrapping around you. Pulling you further into its gullet. Uh, we've entered the vor portion of the campaign. It is got an even better grasp on you now, and this does a little extra damage without or without uh, okay. it's <laughs> It is nine points of piercing damage. And it looks like it is indeed about ready to swallow a Honto whole alive, uh, but before it does, it's run out of actions, which means it's Alaris's turn. All right, Alaris is going to come and stand right between Cassius and Kendoso, 
and take a swipe at it with her curved blade. Alrighty, it's two actions right there. Oh, good morning. Oh, That's a 27. Yes. Is that a crit on our end? It is flat-footed uh, as you are flanking. Uh, that is not a great thing. But a hit. Hit with flanking. And I get uh, 1d6 damage on top of that, right, since it's flat-footed? Does that, did that not go up already? No, I mean for sneak attack. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I just thought it, it went up um, from 1d6. Uh, level 5, I believe it goes to 2. Ah, uh, yes, sneak attack, 2d6, level 5. Okay, yep, 1d6 right now. So roll that. So that's an extra 2, so that's 11 points of slashing damage. Yep, and it does not seem to have resistance against slashing as you slice open its tail section. Uh, like cutting through butter. What's its hit points at? Okay, so 11 points. Uh, you see a good amount of this creature's blood uh, muddying up the water here. This is the... All right, and I get one more hit on this, yes. right? It is bloody. Yes, and one more action. That's a 20. Is that a hit? 20 is not a hit. Oh, no. That's your flanking, which you are. <gasps> oh, yay. yay. Another hit. 42. So do I get do I get the flat-footed on that one, too? Yeah. Yep. 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 So right. every, every six. Every wow. So wow. 11 damage. Another 11 damage. <laughs> okay. Exactly the same. All right. Well, I know who I'm coming after after I swallow onto. Oh, no. Um, turn to Cantoso. You're back in it. Oh, I'm back. All right. Um, I am going to cast a spell, a sneaky spell. I'm going to cast a transformative spell. Boop, 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 boop. Oh no! Oh, the shark! Oh, it's back. Uh, wait, wait, sorry, did he move away? No, no, you, you're... <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. You're still right next to him. Oh, boy. Just one time, I want him to accidentally turn into a bear. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> yes. What have I done? Your two main forms, or three main forms. Cat, bear, shark. <laughs> Every druid. Uh, now take a bite. Oh no. 26 to hit. Oh, that's a hit. All right, for eight points of damage. And it does indeed. All three bludgeoning, piercing, slashing. Mm hmm. Okay, I think that just means it bypasses. Uh, okay. Uh, it is still alive after that. But boy, howdy, not doing too well. Uh, Cassius. We're just gonna hope that the cutlass can come in clutch. It's rusty. I mean, I'm hoping for at least some uh, tetanus, even if we don't kill it, it'll <laughs> die later. Uh, so cutlass hit number one, 24. That's a hit, minimum, almost minimum damage. Oh gosh, please. <laughs> Five points of damage. It's slashing. Mm -hmm. It is still up. Cutlass attack number two. Oh boy! Oh, that's the damage we need. Another eighteen on the dice. Uh, you oh. cut this thing open through its jaws, releasing Hanto and oh. freeing us from this combat. Oh, Ooh. oh 
boy howdy uh creature level five thought thought level four folks could just slice right through this guy but it gets it gets serious <laughs> as this, so uh, dangerous. this campaign continues on yeah so it's <laughs> jaw attack on i would like roll? to recount i would like to recount that was 40 points of damage that i took in that fight yeah yeah, yeah. One, uh, essentially yeah. one hit so peeling the 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 curtain back here indeed this is a uh it's jaw attack is plus 15 yikes um, 2d6 plus 8 damage on that, that those are starfinder numbers patrick those are high <laughs> numbers yeah this is Whoa. this is a giant moray eel um oh my which what? also has what a danger noodle bludgeoning and piercing resistance and all kinds of nasty things that you don't want to find underwater um and indeed this is this is from the first edition adventure um skull and shackles adventure path i think they made a young version of this which was like uh, a little more level appropriate which is like a, a thing you could slap onto monsters to like reduce their hit points, their armor class, their damage and stuff. But yeah, I figure you guys can take on a big chunking enemy here. <laughs> You're healed think, up and leveled up. I think it goes without saying that Hanto is sporting a very ghastly wound. Just oh, even you, if he doesn't hit zero hit points. I mean, that's a lot of damage to take for what, one bite. Oh yeah. What can we do underwater about that? I mean, besides, um, potions i mean I, I i can drop a heal on that on that so mm -hmm. yeah um 10 plus 16 is 26 points of heal oh plus 16 goodness yeah. oh yeah that's that nice. level two nice maximum roll they said 26 yep goodness uh, right, so magically healing up the wounds. You guys can silently continue on down, looking through the ship, which is, you know, most everything destroyed. You find, like, a cache of of weapons and armor, but it's all eaten through, rusted to the point that um, it's, it's destroyed. It's not, like, damaged weapons. Um, it's been underwater here for, for some time. Um, but one thing you do find that has not been weathered by time is indeed a huge chest where the, the captain's quarters once were, uh, behind a huge sturdy lock, you're able to find just like a hole in the side of the, the hole where you can swim inside and, Perhaps between a, a shark and a, a, a Ruxy lizard folk, pull it from its place and start the, the process of, of bringing it to the surface. Maybe grabbing some rope and chains from the man's promise and hoisting it up above, cracking it open. Uh, you find a, a hundred uh, gold worth of silver, copper, gold coins, uh, gems, things like that is indeed a, a booty full chest, but also a couple of magical runes. Um, one more striking weapon rune. Uh, these are in like a chelish design. Another one of the, uh, the plus one uh, runes, the, whatchamacallit, 
potency, plus one potency rune. And there is also a single armor potency rune in the chest. I hope I'm doing magical runes correct in second edition. We all do. What is a what is a potency rune? The that potency rune one. is yeah, plus one to a set of armor. So you're scratching these runes and infusing the magic in them. It also them... allows you to put property runes yes. on as well. Yes. I'm going yeah, to so, guess so, we, so we, got, we got a we got a potency rune for a weapon and then a potency mm -hmm. rune for armor as well, right? Yes, and a and that, uh, that one plus more one to armor is and that plus one to armor is a a very nice kind of a high item level sort of thing. Oh yeah, it's worth a lot. Uh, there's also one striking rune, uh, weapon striking yeah. rune in there as well. Um, yeah, figured in the future, um, you guys will be making it to a port of call where you can start spending some of this booty you've acquired oh. basically the entire campaign thus far and uh, get you uh, get you started along the way as you guys can get the ship in ship shape, hoist the sails and make way uh, a few days hence to the port of call known as rickety squibs uh that of course who you meet when and where you meet them uh that is a tale for another time uh in book two technically of this adventure path skull and shackles Good. as we will get to, to rickety squibs uh next week on the podcast yeah ain't no stopping us now Next pirate we get to name, we're naming Wickedy Squibs. <laughs> In honor well, of this I mean, <laughs> uh, the, the the gentleman that runs Rickety Squib is called Rickety Hake. Oh. <laughs> he named it after himself. Oh, Rickety. Oh, uh, we'll meet him, and uh, like I said, we'll do our first port sale and, and talk about. Uh, purchasing magical items and things like that next week on the show uh, until then um, thank you guys for playing with me thank you Patrick thank you Patrick thank you, thank Patrick. you. I'm for sorry trying to kill me again I'm sorry I tried to eat your butt Jabert <laughs> maybe next Jabert next oh, my butt you'll eat mine yeah <laughs> wait hold, whoa, hold on <laughs> <laughs> we'll oh. see you next time on Dead Man Roll No Crits. <laughs> Seth, you see when a when a player and a GM love each other very much. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs>